Hello and welcome back to Absurdity. My name is Ryan Becker and I am joined by my beautifully blue co-host, Henry Johnson. And I'll go Today's ahead. episode brought to you by the Smurfs. Uh, or by Eiffel 65. <laughs> and anyone over the age of 18 will know that joke. Actually, anyone over the age of 21, I'll give that. I'll give you up until the, till you were born uh, in the year 2000 to know that song but on this show we discuss all things absurd in religion culture and society and we try to find ways to navigate them so we will um, talk about everything from stuff going on in the church to stuff going on in society and unfortunately we have something that uh today is it goes between both i would say church and um church and politics a little bit However, this one I wouldn't say is like, you know, an official church act, more so just it heavily People intertwines. People to be part of the church, yeah. Correct. It's more so, it's, it's just heavily inter- intertwined with Christian beliefs. So, with that, Henry, I, uh, this one was almost an easy topic, not necessarily to discuss, but an easy topic to choose. It, uh, you know. It chose itself. You, it really did, honestly. It took the right to choose for our episode. It, that's right. Yeah. It, this is going to be one uh, one messy topic, unfortunately. And if you you aren't aware, Texas, uh, the state of Texas, passed a bill in May that went into effect September first. We're recording this on September third, but went in, went into effect on September first. It was not. It was allowed to pass through for procedural reasons by the Supreme Court. Basically, they said we're not making a constitutionality decision on on this bill, but rather, um, for procedural reasons, we're not going to make a decision right now. So they can still, those trying to block it or those trying to stop the bill can actually still pursue legal action over it. But the bill bans abortions after, basically after six weeks or after the uh, heartbeat is detected. A but, fetal heartbeat is detected, yes. Correct. And yeah, not by the woman. Um the yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> the um and then it also allows civil or, or civilians to uh to seek civil action against anyone found to be aiding or abetting or performing an abortion. And I say civilian because it actually explicitly bans any employees of the state to uh, to follow to follow through on that as well. The basically yeah, in the legal way, terms, this is a civil enforcement law, correct? Um, and it widely expands an area in tort law that Texas has usually gone against, which is so. Typically, civil suits are brought because you specifically have been damaged uh, by something, and this allows people to seek civil damages over something that didn't actually damage them and takes and and one of the reasons that it's it's seen as underhanded on top of what it actually does and what it actually means is it the idea is that because it takes the power away from the state it it doesn't give state doesn't take power away but it doesn't give the state power to enforce it means that uh, they they still are within the bounds of federal law, and it's kind of their way of like sneakily under you know getting this through. And actually, within days of it happening, several other states have, like Florida, for example, um, 
as someone from Florida, Arkansas I'm sorry, South Dakota. Yeah. Yep. Uh, have announced copycat bills. Uh, and Texas also has a trigger bill that the second that Roe v. Wade is overturned, if that day ever comes, will uh, will kick in as well, banning abortions or outlawing abortions. And this bill is, in my opinion, problematic for for many, many reasons. I am. This absolutely angers me beyond belief and what it means for I, Elizabeth Warren had a basically a good comment, which is. Regardless of your opinions on Elizabeth Warren, by the way, us wearing blue shirts has absolutely nothing to do with our political affiliation. It's just happened yes, to be please do not equate. Yeah, let know. me just go ahead and get that out of the way real quick before someone tries to call that symbolism. This the, has to deal with Star Wars. It has nothing. And to mine do has with. to do with Adidas. So, yes. and unfortunately, we're not sponsored by either. I would love that money. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Disney. Except then they probably wouldn't want us covering these topics. We've talked about that before. Actually, yes, we have, um, because we just talked about Scarlett Johansson just a little bit ago, too. The, the, the big issue here is, is, and Elizabeth Warren pointed it out, which is that rich people always have been and always will be able to get abortions. Rich, well-connected people that has never impacted them pretty much whatsoever. In the history no, of any abortion money, you bills, can get what you want. Yep. It really disproportionately affects uh, those of lower income brackets and lower income brackets does not mean it just means like not, you know, stupid rich. It doesn't mean that you're impoverished or homeless or anything like that, but it does mean I would say middle class and lower higher, even high middle class. Cause those economic determinations are changing too. But yeah, it doesn't really do anything for, for those above that, but for those under that, it really is. I think the, there was a quote of for any crime, any crime for which is, there is only a fine is only a crime for poor people because they're the only ones who will struggle to pay. And right. that's why a lot of businesses that do unethical things just see fines as the cost of doing business. Because why would you be upset about paying a million dollar fine if you made billions in sales? Yes. That's, that, that, that's a no brainer from a, from a business perspective, as far as, you know, cost effectiveness for what you're doing. And this is ridiculous because when you can bring a civil suit against someone who's been who who you and you successfully do so prove that they aided abetted or actually performed the abortion then you can you get ten thousand dollars at minimum plus attorney fees i'm gonna say now to be fair it's capped it at ten thousand dollars so you can't just get unlimited amounts I thought it was no less uh, than, not no more than. Let me look it up because I have the bill in front uh, of me. I'm going to say, double check that. I thought it was capped at 10000 That was another thing they were trying to say. So see, it's not a... Not less than $10,000 oh, for it's each not abortion. Less than. Oh, okay. Correct. This gets even better. Uh, for, for each abortion that the defendant performed or induced in violation of this subchapter and for each abortion performed or induced in violation of this subchapter that the defendant aided and abetted. Um, okay. Now, the only positive I will say about this bill since let's start off with something positive, is that I do believe this is correct, that you are not allowed to sue the one that had the abortion themselves, right? So the woman that goes to get one, you can't sue her. Now, see, right? I can't, just, I was looking for that. Suing everybody else around I was it, looking correctly. for that. But I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's necessarily the case i don't think the the language I thought is... they made a big deal about that when they announced it but i'm not a, a lawyer and i didn't like watch the whole could you not prove, look it up 
Could you not prove that if I as a that woman she abetted or yep, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think yeah, the language protects it enough because the it's not like the abortion is 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 primarily impacting you know the fetus. So I, I'm not saying it doesn't affect the woman. By the way, I'm just saying like the 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 idea behind this bill is that the victim is the fetus, the unborn child. So what is it? it, it I think we're in a gray area, but I can't find anything specific. That doesn't mean it's not in here, but I couldn't find anything specific regarding uh, the actual person getting the abortion. That's what I'm looking up now. So it's, but this whole thing is, is a mess. And, and to be honest, in some ways, I think if it does, if it does ban the, uh, you know, bringing a civil suit against someone who does have an abortion, then if anything, that, to me is almost in some ways more sinister because you're basically cutting off the person who needs support from everyone else. Because if I help you, if I provide counseling as a leader, as, as a ministry leader, as long as it's not a protected speech, as long as it's not protected speech. Um, so, you know, attorney client privilege or, uh, you know, clergy privilege. Um, but if I give any sort of advice to someone who seeks an abortion, uh, then I could be sued. Or if you leave this, if I drive someone, what does this say for the front desk staff that booked the appointment or that helped them sign in or took their insurance card and, and their, you know, their, their, their ID? What does this say for literally anyone involved in that process? And how far does this go? Can you sue the corporation or the, the companies that make the medical, medical equipment they used? Yeah, I mean, do you see? Like this is this whole thing is absolutely is messy. Now, granted, good luck fighting a a major corporation, and they won't really, you know, they won't really ten ten grand is nothing. But either way, this basically just turned every single private citizen in Texas into a bounty hunter. And in fact, there have been websites that have already been set up for you to submit tips about anyone seeking to get an abortion or aiding and abetting in an abortion. And luckily, Reddit has done its thing and has started to has started to basically hug the site to death with either fake reports or otherwise. But but this is disgusting as well because it's hilarious to me that Texas is also one of the states that has been so much against mask mandates and is literally suing its own suing its own school districts and and trying to pull funding from its own school districts who go in defiance of the ban on mask mandates. Just like Florida. Just like Florida. And I just don't to me it's it's a it's a ridiculous point of these people arguing my body my choice when it comes to a mask that would obviously protect far more people than just one and those people are actively living and contributing to society versus them seeking to do something like this to women. By the way, this is all this is basically an anti-women bill. I I you know, it doesn't affect men the same way other than if you aid in a bet as a man. But like the real the I can re- say could we sue the man for impregnating the woman and then seeking, you know, only well, no, not for impregnating, it. but yeah, you could if they had any role. Well, in but it. he aided in the process of now she has something that she what wants if to abort. What if she used his car? Do you see the ultimate revenge? The woman should go take. Like, hey, baby, can I borrow your car to? (laughs) 
just get it back. On top of the fact that this is going to, it's just like, it, this is just a domino effect of terrible things, right? Because now you have civil courts filled up with cases that are going to clog, for an already clogged legal system. And in, in my mind, that's just going to be one more argument for Texas Republicans and Republicans in general to say, see, government doesn't work. Because it's a consistent thing that I see of we defund something or starve the beast. That's the actual political term for it. But you, but starve the beast was more so to do with taxes. Reducing taxes reduces government funding, um, thus forcing the government to, to reduce itself and small government. But the idea being that you basically destroy a government organization from the inside or you severely hamper it and then you point to it and say, see, the government failed you when that government organization can't do what it was either supposed to do or has been trying to do. And it would not surprise me if this becomes another another element or another component of that argument from them of, see, the government is failing you. Uh, so they'd like no courts at all? I mean... No, but it's just another, it's just another, it's just another thing to rile up their base. In other words. Well, that's what just, politicians on both sides do. They have to rile up their bases. I mean, have correct. you ever noticed this that is, the big wedge issues of both parties have not been solved in like 40, 50 years they've been talking about them? Yeah, and they won't be because that would, that would mean that they no longer have the wedge issue that the amount, I, I, I don't know what the statistic is. I'm actually curious to know what the statistic is on how many, how many people are single issue voters on abortion. Statistically, um, I think it's been dropping, but now I want to. Yeah, no, I'm looking because I'm I'm curious, and the main reason being, I would be surprised if Roe v. Wade ever gets actually overturned with a Republican, with a Republican majority in the Supreme Court, and the main reason being that all of this allows for. Republicans to keep running and, and campaigning on these promises of ending abortions, you have these trigger bills that will never come into effect. But as long as you have a, you know, as long as you have Republican leadership, they, the, those trigger bills will never get unturned either. So it ma- becomes a matter of protecting it for the future. There's so many, one in six U.S. Vote, uh, in 2012, but in one, in, one say, in four just, in 2020. I, I was just going to say, I just found the 2020. And yeah, it's basically twenty four percent of U.S. adults say they will. On- this is from the Gallup poll. Yep, twenty four percent of U.S. adults say they will only vote for a candidate who shares their views on the issue. Now that could be pro or against, but basically, abortion is their single issue mm. vote. One in four. I'm seeing from Gallup, forty seven percent say abortion issue is one of many important factors. Twenty four percent say candidate must share abortion views. Twenty five. Yep say it's not a major issue, 30% of pro-life and 19% of pro-choice adults say abortion is a threshold issue. So you don't want to lose that voter base. And by the way, the, the really interesting thing about abortion is it didn't actually become a major wedge political issue until after the civil rights were passed in the 60s. And it was in the, the late 60s, early 70s that you start to see abortion really ramp up. And granted, it was a political issue. I'm not saying that it never was prior to that. I'm saying it didn't become a major campaign platform until after the civil rights was passed because it was used to basically say, how do we win the favor of, of the, I can't remember the term, but basically how do we win over the South <laughs> uh, again? 
how do we keep the South in our favor? And how do we keep evangelicals or how do we keep Christians in our favor? And there's actually a lot of books detailing kind of the, the politics and corporate interests that drove and kind of created the monster that is modern day evangelicalism. Uh, and this is coming from someone politically. Yes. That's what I mean, politically, by the way. I was going to say, this is coming from someone who is a Protestant Christian. I'm not evangelical, but the, there is a lot that got mixed in and, and manipulated through, through the church. And abortion is one of those kind of issues that, that politicians adopted in order to win favor with a major population and major group within the U.S. So, I, I don't see it going away because then they lose all of this. What else do you run on? Uh, I mean, it, it, it only goes away if they find something else that is an even better wedge issue. That's just politics in nature. Yeah, so essentially, right? I mean, Black cause, Lives cause, Matter cause one protests could argue, still happen. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, because one could argue technically that this could fall off the map and then it could be replaced again with racially tinged issues such as voter rights and voter access or voter suppression. Or like you said, the Black Lives Matter protests and and even law and order, that phraseology and about policing and other things like that has always been racially tinged language for wedge issues as well. So, I mean, I not being in the know as much about obviously what the party statistics are and they poll these things to death and they have a lot more data than you and I ever have access to. You know, who am I to say that they haven't figured out, well... We're just going to drop this and then move on to something else. I mean, because it could be the same on the flip side. I was reading an article, I think, at Politico just the other day, and they were saying now all the Democrats are really excited because they're like, this Texas bill might get their lack of enthusiasm, their enthusiasm gap for the midterms back up, and all these angry women will come out and vote in droves for Democrats, and it will keep let them keep the Senate and the House and and whatever. And the article was saying, well, be careful what you wish for. That doesn't necessarily mean this issue anymore is a great enthusiasm getter. Because what the article was saying is they said more and more, it's your political tribe that dictates how you vote, not issues. Mm. That there will be people that still, even if they are pro-abortion and there's an anti-abortion Democrat, for example, they will still vote for the guy with a D or a girl with a D in front of their name because they're not the R. Mm. Right? Because it's, 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 we become so tribal. So it doesn't yes. necessarily mean, look, the R's are trying to, in this case, in, in Texas, they're trying to butcher this and vote for us to get whatever. Well, that might not actually influence anything because the same amount of people are going to come pull the lever for you anyway. That didn't influence their, their vote. So I, who's to say that this is necessarily the latest wedge issue? It might kind of fall off to the side for a while and something else is going to be more interesting. I mean, because if you want to get technical, even like Democrats, right, use Trump for a long time as a wedge issue. Yes. And now he's, well, not quite fallen off the map, but, you know, he, he's not ever present, omnipresent on the news and in culture anymore. And so now the enthusiasm's dropped. So, I mean, it, who's to say what issue is going to replace it or if this stays the big issue? I mean, as I said, they talked about it my entire lifetime, which goes back to your point. They, you know, they've been fighting over this 30 plus years. Mm. Oh, I found it. It was Southern, the Southern, it's, it's basically the abortion issue was a, was a continuation of the Southern strategy, but the Southern strategy was mainly to increase political support among white voters in the South by appealing to racism yes, against. Dixiecrats. Yeah. But yeah, cause there was the a big split. Of People that, forget that the South used to be extremely blue. Yep. It was the Democrats until the 1964 Civil Rights Act. 
and its iterations after that, and they were just like, nope, and all of a sudden it went red. Yes. And these and parties keep flipping and sides. That's the idea being that after this, after the racism couldn't be it, how, what's the biggest white voter population in America, or at least, and especially in the South? And that's evangelical, white evangelicals, white Christians. So at the time, yeah. At the time. So it just becomes a kind of a very obvious next step for them. And so, yes. And by the way, Bumble and. Bumble has created a special fund to help people affected by the ban, and the CEO of Match, which is the company that owns Twitter, has also set up a fund, not, not necessarily Match itself, but the, the actual CEO uh, is uh, looking to create a fund that would provide aid to any Match employees in Texas who are forced by the new abortion restriction to seek care outside the state. Um, and... The other and both of those companies, by the way, are based in Texas and owned by women, run and owned by women. So, well, I mean, and to be fair, I would expect this. This is kind of not to belittle that, but th this is kind of part of the political dog and pony show. One side does something, and the other side are businesses that support it or whatever. They all come. They they do they do the correct telegraphing. They 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 do the correct, you know, messaging. In response. So I, I think time really tells when something's really amounting to anything. Yeah, but at we're the always same used to that. Something happens and now, ah, oh, we're all supportive of this and then it just fades in the background and I'm still selling my plastic stuff, whatever. Yeah, but at the same time, this, this is something that like impacts immediate, like immediately impacts real lives of real people. So this is something that like, it's one thing for, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that other issues that we do this on don't, but it, it's not the same as companies putting on a gay pride, flag, uh, gay pride flag for a month in June, and then immediately, you know, changing their, their logos back to normal once July hits. It's, it's just not that, like, that's, a, that's very clearly a, a corporate move. To get to gain money, especially considering some of those companies actually didn't change their logos in countries where LGBTQ plus individuals in the community is not as welcomed or supported. Um, and that's yeah. not even saying that that community is very well supported here, by the way. But this is something I mean, call, me, call me cynical. I, I still think time has to tell how sincere these efforts are or not. I, I'm just so used to corporate America talks a talk throws a couple dollars at something and then when the issue kind of fades in the background it just disappears i agree but i think if that let's say the ceo of matches uh their fund is used to, to aid someone who needs the help because the abortion isn't clear on what it's just abortion it doesn't say that i could find anything on what kind you know abortion as a result of you know of a, of a pregnancy as a result of this or as a result of that which I think this new bill actually narrows even further the exemptions, right? That, I mean, our country yes. kind of has gotten used to the exemption as in the case of rape or incest or threat to the life of the mother. And I think this new bill actually just is a very narrow exemption about like threat to the life of the mother or something like that. Like it, it dropped even the other ones, or at least yep. it's not clear on those. Yeah. And that's, I would say that even if those funds help a few employees between now and if the bill gets blocked or overturned at some point or whatever deemed unconstitutional whatever that whatever that ends up looking like um then i would say that it would have done its job like that's what i'm saying this is a fund that will actively help people 
in the immediate sense if it's used for what it's used for. So while I applaud the at least the 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 I understand the hesitance and the skepticism around the position, what I'll say is if that fund gets used for what it's intended to use for, no matter how many people it helps, at least it helps someone. And I'll take yeah. that. I'll take that win. And I'm not saying that like by the way, I'm not someone who's like just abortions for everybody. You get an abort like I I I generally dislike very much abortion and I would argue that most of the people getting them probably dislike them too. And there are there are a number of reasons why in general I really dislike and would love to minimize abortions. How also, however, I also know that the most effective way time and time again through the history of this country that abortion rates, teenage pregnancies and otherwise have been reduced is through safe sex education and providing contraceptives and providing providing accessible contraceptives and hygiene products. Well, Ryan, now you're just encouraging the poor behavior. Yeah, I know. Oh well. And what and this was this was the I, I saw this in a tweet and I'm not gonna say I I, I don't think the, the tweet said twelve year olds. I, I think that was well theoretically could happen. I don't think that happens often enough that that I would I would want to use that age, but I would say any woman, um, but or any chi- any teenager. Sure, we can go with any teenager. Let's say eighteen year old. Let's just say eighteen year old. Where, where the tweet was basically, uh, "Welcome to Texas, a state where you can't force an eighteen year old. I'm changing that age, eighteen year old, to wear a mask, but you can force them to carry, you know, to have a baby." And the. the the and I don't I I get that not have I get the argument that like well ma- forcing them to wear a mask and forcing them to have a baby is is different because one's directly a life but you're wearing a mask directly impacts the lives of those around you and COVID well, again, does it is, kill it's politics so, and an understanding of where's the definition of life or impact on another yep and I it's just this whole thing is a major is a gross overstep and is really honestly very underhanded but I. There's pretty much no part of this bill that I can support. Even the six-week ban, I can't, I can't support because most, uh, many women don't even know they're pregnant yet at six weeks. And if they find out, yeah, if I mean, this is just another sign. As I said, I mean, call this. I'm just harping on politics for for this episode. But I, I mean, everything's underhanded now. I mean, not that politics wasn't underhanded before, but I mean, we become might makes right in any situation. It doesn't matter how it impacts life, right? So we have the might here, so no masks, and we're going to force this. Or we have the right here, so no, no abortions, and you can sue. Or whatever, you know, and, and, and it just makes you wonder, okay, what's the next side's response going to be? Right? I mean, what gets codified in a, quote, blue state? Or who tries to swing what? I mean, it's just the nature of humanity. Well, we don't think about anybody else but ourselves. Well, and that's, that's I mean, and we're seeing it. We are already seeing that to some extent. I know Pelosi has has already announced a uh, a plan to codify Roe v. Wade, which can't which can't be done without a super without sixty in the Senate. So good I, I'm going to say it'll never luck. pass the Senate. But that's that's kind of the and again, it's a wedge issue. So why would you get rid of it? Yes, but the well, I'm saying Democrats have Democrats aren't going to get rid of it. They're going to want to codify it. But the the issue I have is. The issue I have with that is the Democrats have had a strategy of, well, let's get them on record of voting no anyway. You know, it's important that we get them on record as voting no. Like that has ever stopped anything. 
<laughs> I, I, that doesn't hurt their voter base. I can't I mean, think of a single time that has actually worked. That strategy has worked. Of yeah, well, at least we have them on record. I've seen case after case of an argument over after argument of the of the number of things that Republicans are on record of voting for, and Democrats are on record of voting for, and none none of none of those arguments really have ever changed a voter base's opinion in any significant number anyway. So I it's part of the dog and pony show, as I've said. Yep. So I, I, I understand that you have to be seen as doing something. You have to be seen as, as, as acting quickly on this and not letting it fly by. But at the same time, they. This bill was signed in May. And it just went into effect two days ago. And the well, two days ago from when we're recording this. And right. just now you're starting to see the major action on the part of Democrats. I genuinely, and I'm someone who pays attention to the news pretty frequently, despite my mental health. <laughs> um, I don't remember seeing any big outcry about this in in May when the bill was signed. I, I've maybe a couple articles about you it. You didn't have Afghanistan happening at that point. Fair enough. But I do think this is significant. Don't get me wrong. I think this is significant enough, not necessarily that it should distract from Afghanistan and the mess that is, but this is significant enough to be the story that it is. I mean, imagine being a woman in need of an abortion for whatever reason and understanding that if you ask anyone to help, you're putting them at risk of $10,000 each. If it's ever proven that they helped you. That's it. I mean, I can tell, I can say this. If you are a woman (laughs) uh, right now, or you want to help someone, don't text about it or email about it or put anything in writing in any significant way. Everything has got to be done either face to face or in person uh, because there's just no, um, that's a good way to bury that in a civil suit is to bury that against you is if there's any anything in writing that proves that you you know that they helped you or that you asked them for help or whatever but this is or this is to me a big story texas is a huge state and this is going to impact a lot of women at least and, seven million i think are women of childbearing age in texas and all of them just got essentially a scarlet letter put on them if you know for the duration of their pregnancy because if they do anything for pretty much any reason since especially the exemptions have been narrowed they're risking a whole lot and i'm pretty sure if you go out of state it, that you can still be a civil suit can still be brought against you so we're back yeah, to the we age of secrecy yeah we're not we're not we're not lawyers, so I haven't I haven't seen the text of the bill. I I'm I'm curious if there is anything in here. So yeah, we've got that in addition to everything going on with Afghanistan. We've got Biden trying to to pivot into this and say that he's going to do everything he can to support and ensure that 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 abortions can that women still have access to sa- safe and easy access to abortions where where needed in Texas, but that seems like political grandstanding, given that none of that actually impacts this, what this bill actually means right now. Like, you have to block this. There's no, I, I don't know of any other way to get around that fact. 
Can you think of any? I, I can't think of anything. I mean, well, I mean, there's ways to get around stuff that, but that would have prevented before we ever got to the point where we're codifying stuff. I mean, help me, Ryan. Today, I'm just drowning in cynicism of the political process, period. I'm fast becoming a libertarian. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't necessarily blame you, but that's my point. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm against mask mandates as far as, um, in general, I'm, I'm, I'm against them depending on, I, th- I think everyone should wear one. Don't get me wrong. I disagree with necessarily how far you take that. Um, but I, the government proved what? A hundred years ago, essentially, the Supreme Court already ruled that they that that the government had was able to to basically overstep certain rights in the interest of public health and safety. So, oh well, but well, of course, hundred years ago they also passed the Alien and Sedition Act, and I'm not a big fan of Woodrow Wilson's attempts at that either during the First World War. But I will not digress. <laughs> Good, I'm glad I'm helping your cynicism here. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just going to say. This whole um, thing screams, that, I'm for small government, for me, but for big government, for everyone else that I don't like. Well, the thing that bothers me most is independent of my personal views of abortion or not, or, or the fact that I'm cynical and I'm used to these kinds of laws coming out or whatever. What's unique about this one that makes it very interesting to talk about is, again, the civil enforcement mechanism, which... There's the cynic Emmy that thinks, well, they just crafted it this way as a fancy way to try and get around court rulings on things because the state isn't the actor that now can be sued or whatnot over it. Because they're like, well, we're not stopping anything. It's just now we've given power to the people. To be- but, but the thing that bothers me is, like we've already kind of referenced before, it's this idea that now you've, you've moved from a tyrannical state mechanism or a cynical state mechanism or a political state mechanism to now tyrannical, cynical or corrupt mob rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's basically what it is. And and for me, and I say this as someone who would, if people hadn't already figured it out, tend to be as tends to be a bit more on the conservative side of the spectrum politically. My concern is, you know, be careful what you play with. The same fire you try and burn someone with is going to come back and burn you. And and the thought I had when I started looking at this is like, okay, let's say this stands. Let's say in best or worst case, depending on where you fall on the spectrum, this bill doesn't get touched. The Supreme Court never goes back mm-hmm. and looks at it. Or the upcoming cases dealing with, I think, Mississippi versus Roe, or, or it's not Mississippi versus Roe, but the, the Mississippi bill is coming up, whatever that legal case name is, Yeah, that the Supreme Court has agreed to look at. The people go, is this going to gut Roe versus Wade and all this other stuff? Anyway, if it stands in its, its present form, the thing is it will codify if the courts don't strike it, this mechanism down somewhere else, the idea that states can now just write rules that say now anybody who perceives to be offended at something or doesn't like something or whatever can basically use mass public shaming and financial ruin to accomplish their end. So, okay, so let's say the right succeeds with abortion. Now we can all pass these laws and basically you almost get rid of the procedure through massive litigation in the courts. Okay. What stops every blue state from now passing rules, let's say on the flip side, that goes, we don't like guns, we've never liked guns, we've never liked that, so now if you are perceived offended that your neighbor has a gun, mm-hmm. or you know that this company makes ammunition for said gun, or anything, 
the state's not going to be involved, but now anyone that's perceived upset about that can sue them out of existence to the point where you basically, oh, you can still have a gun if you can afford it, right? So what stops 12 of my neighbors from going, we're offended at the idea that Henry has one in his house in our neighborhood when we have kids here. And are they all going to sue me out of existence to the point where, I'll just be honest, I don't make the money to survive one of those cases. Hmm. Yet alone, you know, 12 of my neighbors, and now I'm, if it's $10,000 a piece, $120,000, and they go, pay up $120,000 to keep one firearm in your house. Uh, most likely what's going to happen is I'm either going to have to move somewhere away from where that rule is, or most likely if my job is there, my family's there, a lot of other mitigating circumstances I can't just afford to move either, because look at real estate prices nowadays. <laughs> uh, most likely I'm going to lose that f- said firearm. Yep. Right. And so my point is, at what point does mob rule in? Right. On what issue do you start drawing the line for? Again, now I'm starting libertarian, but but for mob rule, basically, what happens if a state passes a rule now, even in free speech categories where they're like, I don't I'm person. I mean, good grief. Can you imagine if they passed a law that dealt with I'm personally offended by something somebody said on Facebook? Mm hmm. I, I mean, first of all, the court system just wouldn't function anymore. but. But B, now you're mitigating free speech over this because now half of my, let's say half my congregation doesn't like what I preached last week. Do I get sued out of a job? Yeah, probably. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know it's, this is just making me more cynical, but I, I, I guess, first of all, I think it's a cop out and I can see both sides of the cynic in me using this. But if this, if this is allowed to stand, forget the issue for a moment. If the civil enforcement method is, is allowed to stand, I'd. I don't see where that ends well at all. This is just going to be, it's the state, whether you're for big government or for little government, I think we can all say we want government that works, Mm. right? You know, that's efficient, that at least whatever it's supposed to do, it can do effectively. And I don't like the idea of the state using its power to give up its responsibility. Yeah. Right? Just because they're all useless and can't, get anything done and play these wedge issues for 50, 60 years and it's just getting more tribal. That's not a right for you to now throw it on me and go, well, now you deal with it. Kind of for our best interest. It's yeah. not my job to do the government's job. No, that's why we <laughs> right? have the government. That, that's why I put up with you blaring the airwaves every two years or every November, right? And saturating me with your stupid talking points and your useless campaigning and and taking all this money. Just do your job. And here it's like, well, we couldn't figure out a way to get what we wanted legally through the courts or stacking the courts or not stacking the courts or fighting this party or not fighting this party or it's not getting enough votes. So um, here, we'll just throw this scrap of meat into the middle of this ravaged crowd and uh, Hunger Games style. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not thrilled with that at all. So... No matter where I stand on the issue, this this method of dealing with it, I'm not a fan of. No. Period. I think it's very slippery slope that we're all going to regret if it stands, because it will come back and hit you where you care about. Maybe I'm anti-abortion. I'm like, cool, this is restricting more abortion. Well, what happens when I'm also pro-gun, and then the next side flips that same thing on me? It, 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 where does it end? It's, yay, it doesn't affect you right now, but something's going to affect you down the line if this stands. So I just, that's where I'm concerned about it more from that standpoint. Yeah. Well, and what's the, what's the, what's the term for when, 
Is it a cottage industry? I don't think that's right. But it, it, what's the term for when basically something results in the creation of a bunch of basically an entirely new industry? Cottage the, industry. It is cottage industry. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think so. Because that's what you've done is you've created with this bill, you've created in, I mean. Because the idea is everyone in their cottages is now doing what the yep. company should have done, right? That's but there's the cottage no, industry, how everybody's become the business. But there's no company that that is, there's no company that should have been doing this or is doing this, but now there will be. And now there will be a bunch of people that are that are just saying, like, submit the tips and let us know, and we'll go after them. And, you know, we, I, I just see this as being, I see this giving rise I, to I, the worst in people. Well, well and it will. And there's, again, the cynicism coming in. But, I mean, now this is where I can come more as a Christian. I mean, I, I think this is just more of a sign of the fact that the world is fast-moving into more and more, forget rights, really. It's mob rule. It's force. Mm -hmm. That whatever I want or don't want or whatever, anything goes as long as you can enforce it through the majority. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like the old joke the communists used to make about democracy. They're like, democracy is like four wolves and a lamb deciding what to have for dinner. I like that. I, I mean, you know, I like that. Yeah. Well done. I mean, it's a good illustration. Right. I mean, because if it's all about vote, well, the four wolves vote for the eat the lamb and the lamb's one vote that says eat the, you know. So anyway, that, that's kind of a joke. Not that I'm mm -hmm. advocating communism by any means, but. <laughs> But I'm just saying that's kind of the drawback everyone's always feared or picked at democracy. They're like, it could turn into the four wolves versus the lamb. Well, no, you know, but that's well, what we the voted. Senate is for, and that's what the Electoral College is for. Uh, okay. Anyway, let's not. <laughs> I'm cynical enough today, Ryan. Today, I, I, know, really I, know, I know, I know, People I know. are tuning out like, wow, Henry is the most cynical we've ever seen. It. Yeah, just one of those days. But <laughs> yeah, I'm. this is what concerns me is that even more so, it's it's moving into whatever the majority can enforce right at any particular moment as long as it serves me then i'm just going to enforce it and as christians as people of faith the thing that concerns me more is forget that also i mean listen because here's here's where i could be torn i'll just be really transparent i am not a huge now i'm going to get the hate comments in the top i am not a huge fan of abortion uh to be honest growing up it's not because of politics i really didn't care uh, it wasn't until I knew some people that up close that actually had the procedure or went through it mm -hmm. that I started forming some of my opinions. Well, um, I'll, I'll stop you there. I don't, I don't think you get any hate comments like for not liking abortion. I don't like I said earlier, I don't think anyone likes it. I don't think there's anyone okay, who looks well, forward mean, to it because now politically they go, well, if you don't like it now, you want to ban it. And yeah, it, that's it not the same. I would I, rather a world I, where they're not necessary. And uh, well, yeah, absolutely. I'm not. I, I just. I, yeah, I, it's a I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, to give you a little with. bit of encouragement there. I, I, I think you're safe in saying that that not well, well, like, like not liking abortions is is okay. Okay, well, I mean, so yeah, there's the part of me that goes, well, of course, as a, as a person of faith and my personal faith journey, I, I'm not a fan of it. I wish there was. I wish we were in a world where it didn't happen. I wish there was ways that we could encourage it not to happen. Uh, you know, all of that. I, I'm all for that. At the same time, what concerns me even more than a world in which people are having it is a world in which the response to people, a world in which people have it, is to now use force, domination, and control to achieve my opinion or outcome on it. Mm -hmm. and, and what concerns me less is, again, 
we say evangelical Christianity, most people wouldn't make a difference. Most, I'm sure people outside of faith communities would just go Christians, and that scares me too. But we brought it upon ourselves. They're just going to see, all right, you guys sweep in and now are just enforcing your opinions or your beliefs or something on somebody. And, you know, I, I think we've talked about this in many issues, not just this topic. I'm just seeing Christianity more and more co-opting the methodology and even the outright support and assistance of corrupt political institutions mm. that are using force and might makes right and anger makes right and feeling makes right. Not that it's wrong to have feelings or anger or something at certain points. I'm, I'm not saying that. But we've co-opted this methodology and I'm seeing more and more that's how we solve problems in the local religious community. On the national and international scenes, we will just force it because the majority of us are for this. Even correct things they will enforce. Let's just say, as I said, let's just go for a minute. And let's just say abortion is bad if, if, if that's what you believe. Let's say that you can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that is 100% right and it is killing, you know, children or whatever. Let's say you can prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Does it still make it right, though, if you take something that's 100% right and use a way that's 100% wrong to achieve its end? Mm -hmm. Right? You know, well, justifies the methodology. Well, no. And, 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 and again, not trying to make it a Bible study, but I, I firmly believe through the scriptures, through the, through the Bible, especially in the New Testament, but it's seen even in the first, it is very clear to me that a time is going to come, and I think we're seeing it become even more visible and even more prevalent. And I think this is just a sign of what's really to come. I'm going to sound cynical, but I don't mean this this part. I don't mean cynical. It, it gives me hope, but also it's just, it is what it is. I think very soon we're going to reach a point where Christians are going to be at the forefront, Western Christianity, not biblical Christianity, but the majority of what professes to be Christian is going to be at the forefront of forcing its will on people. And it will use the state to do it. And before some of you go, oh, nee, 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 that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's happened already once before, folks. Okay. I mean, call it the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, whatever technical historical term you want for it. The church has already quite a few centuries of experience on co-opting the state to get its way. And yep. everybody suffered. Yep. And I firmly believe that's happening again. Consistently, we're not quite I don't, there yet. Well, sure. I, mean, I mean, consistently, I, I would I say mean, we are there, but we're not there in a way that is holistically oppressive yet. Does that make correct? Do you see what I'm saying? I, I would. It's I happening. Would agree with that. Yes. Yeah, it's happening. It's, it's just it's not happening. like hey, I, I think everything I think is those controlled. muscles are getting. I think those muscles are getting flexed more and more. I think they're learning. Oh, I can get away with this again. Oh, this is how this works. Oh, let's do that again. And, and I do believe there's going to come a time. Definitely in my lifetime, at the rate this is going, that in, in shock and horror, I'm going to sit back and watch the church has learned nothing from, from history or from the Bible, and it's going to turn around and hit people not just on abortion mm. or whatever the topic of the day is or whatever the need of the day is or whatever masks, global warming, I don't care, you insert blank here, whatever. We are getting to a point where we will co-opt the state and it's whatever we want at any given time. And that can be as schizophrenic as one day it's this and the next day it's that. It doesn't matter. It's the control aspect. And we will think we are, we will in a sense, we'll take the place of God, right? Because we think we are God 
and our own lives and in society, and we will force everything. And, and here's the last thing I'll say to this. We will do that in a name of a God that in the Bible was willing to cease to exist rather than exercise that kind of control over people. Yep. And yet we have flipped it on its head and we would rather others and their rights or their privileges or their emotional experiences or their whatever, we would rather they cease to exist than infringe on anything I want, could say, or do. And it's the complete antithesis. It's the complete upside down inversion of the gospel and of the God that I see portrayed in scripture. And yet in that name, that's what's going to happen. And now I am the most cynical I've ever been on an absurdity episode. So take it away. No, I, I, I get it. I, here's my thing. If I, I, I stand by what I said earlier in that if, if you're, I am for a world where abortion isn't necessary. Now, don't get me wrong. There is, there, there is a, and, and I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a controversial statement. I also am not going to be naive and think that we can prevent every single reason for them. People are, you know, or even if they're outlawed, they won't happen as, you know, as, as, as a, as a Christian, I can, I can say broken human beings will do broken things. It's just, that's just the way the world goes right now. And that's one of the, you know, how could God let this happen? And I'm just thinking if a world, you know, you don't, you don't, if you jump into I remember my very first cell phone. I jumped into a pool with it in my pocket, swam around for 10 minutes, and then came back out. My phone didn't work. I wasn't surprised that it hmm. didn't work because it, <laughs> I, I did something that broke it. And we did something that, in Christianity, the idea is, in history, we, we, we broke the way the world was supposed to operate, and we're operating within a broken world that needs restoration. So, of course, I expect broken things to happen in a broken world. And even a broken watch tells, you know, gets the time right twice a day. So, yes, good things and non-broken things can still happen. But I don't expect it, you know, I don't expect perfection here. But I also, there, there's this common thing against, it's been used to talk about our foreign, our presence in foreign countries, our, our, our military presence in foreign countries. And Afghanistan is, is an apt example of this. Of people saying, well, you know, we, we have people at home we need to help. Why are we helping these? We see it's the most common anti-immigration argument. We have our own that we need to take care of. So why in the world are we, you know, why are we going to offer support to all these other people? There was someone that went around. Uh, I, I watched this video clip of someone interviewing conservatives on the street who basically was asking them, like, so those, Af- you know, those Afghanistan refugees, it's terrible, you know, that they're stuck there with the Taliban. and. And, you know, we, we got to get them out. And, and they're like, yes, yes, absolutely. And, and then they said, well, would you be okay with America taking them in? And then they go, nope, not at all. You know, we have our own to take care of here. Except we're not taking care of our own. If you want the biggest dog and pony show, it's the way we take care of veterans. All we do is give them a standing oh, ovation and a mm-hmm. discount. But we give them the, one of the more yeah, broken yeah. health insurance and healthcare, you know, plans in the world. On top of, are, are you trying to crush my soul I am, today? I am someone that now has to also going to deal with that. I no, I know. And and <laughs> if you want to say like, well, then they can have the baby and give it up for adoption or give it up for, uh, you know, do you understand how much Christians adoption? Christians have been costs? saying that for thirty years, and and who is adopting? Who's adopt? And and do, because it's so cost prohibitive. And if you're thinking, well, th- then someone, you know, so good, someone shouldn't be adopting a kid unless they have the money to take care of it. If that's a self-defeating argument when you talk about someone getting pregnant and not having the financial resources to take care of their kid. It's human selfishness. 
that's all it, this isn't if you if you want to create a world that has less abortions then and and abortion is really the enemy to you then then stop having abortive personality <laughs> fair yes um but my thing is <laughs> then help and support people and make sure they're taken care of so that that doesn't have to happen or so that that choice doesn't have to be made except in the cases where there are i i guess exemptions but in, in you know severe reasons for it and and you know significant really significant reasons for it but i i until i see more effort done in that manner then to me this is always going to come down to a an attempt to control the actions and behaviors of others while also claiming that we want small government and we don't want people to do that because if you're saying well and we can't unfortunately the the go ahead i'm sorry oh. I, I was just going to say and unfortunately real quick i was throwing in there the the class of people that always seems to be taken advantage of first in these the wars and classes are women yes and that's what i was going to say is it's essentially i want a small government but i want to control the actions and and behaviors of other women and that's proven in the case of we don't want to give them contraception. We don't want to give them access to hygiene products that will help them take care of themselves and take care of those around them. No, no, no. We want to ban that too. We want to, we want to ban your ability to do anything that isn't in line with what we believe is right or wrong, such as you know, sex before marriage. And I'm not saying this of... And I do want to be clear, because I don't want to give in to a narrative that says all Christians are bad. I just saw a post the other... Uh, in regards to in regards to this bill saying you know claiming uh, Ryan's not bad citing old testament law saying that a rapist has to marry their 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 victim and they were saying basically that if you know this this bill was just a just an excuse for christian men to rape and then get money from people if they try to get an abortion um of the baby that that'd be know, a topic for another time. Correct. I think uh, that, but, that, but that passage in Deuteronomy is misused. Okay, all but this the is time. what I'm saying. It's a it's a blanket yeah. it's a blanket accusation against Christians, and I don't want to say it's a. Henry and I are Christians, very very strongly condemning this bill. This isn't. There needs to be some nuance when we talk about, um, who and what we are actually fighting against. And when I say the crowd that specifically, if you are going to take a position of being anti-abortion, then explicitly, then there needs to be more express support for the, for, the, for the safety nets and for the support and care of people in these positions. Otherwise, all we're doing is creating a world where dangerous and unsafe abortions will happen that both impact the life of the child and the mom. While those in positions of power and privilege, it's a consistent thing that uh, that we see, will still be able to do what they've always been able to do, and it will not stop them. And I, so I really hope that there is more work done. I don't know if it'll happen, but I can at least encourage and ask for it. More work done in advocacy for for bettering these other programs that can take care of people. And I get that you may not like the idea of premarital sex or of, um, I get that you may not agree with it as a concept, whatever, whatever that looks like, but it's been proven time and time and again, the ways to actually reduce abortions. And it's not by banning them. I, 
It's just not by banning them. It's by creating a world where they don't feel as necessary anymore. And I feel like that's the case for just about anything that we dislike. If we can create a world where, where we aren't as, as, we don't feel as compelled as we do to do some of the things that, that, we, that we do. And I really hope that if there's anyone listening to this that is, that is encouraged, I would say start advocating for better care for better neonatal care, for contraceptives and sex education, start advocating. If you are advocating for it already, then keep advocating for it. And I'm going to try. If I, I'm going to try and put some links in the show notes to any organizations that can be supported that that you know can that are contributing to those things, whether it's through advocacy groups or lobbying or whatever. So I'm going to try and, and connect to some groups that are doing that too. But the other side of this is, I agree with you, Henry. I do think we're we're kind of headed toward that end and i think we'll constantly see things like this or see things obviously far worse in the future as as the world nears nears its own end in its current form and i think that cheer up it'll get worse yeah cheer up it'll get worse no i i think that's that's it's it's one of those weird things of it's not it's not that you are surprised by these things but rather that you understand that things will happen like this and so you're not, you don't need to be caught on the back foot the same way as everyone else. I, I'm going to say Christians, biblical Christians, I think we live in a tension. If yep. appropriately done right, you live in a tension. It's a tension of the desire for what is to come, but also, a, a, you know, not excusing what is the now, right? Yep. Wishing it was better now. It, well, and that's, and, it's, it, and it's rough. It's like, yeah, I know what's coming, but that doesn't mean I it's hard. want to just speed it up. Correct. Yeah. You know, it's 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 the the argument of like, well, well, you know, God's going to come back and change change the world anyway, or restore the world anyway. So why do so I, why recycle? That's literally. I was going to say. So why does it matter if I throw this cup out the window, or why why does it matter if I do these things? <laughs> and while I will say that corporations have a lot more sway and and an impact on that than we do, uh, the the reality is no. You have a responsibility as a steward of the planet to take care of it, and as a steward of the relationships you have with. With fellow with yeah. your fellow humanity, not just well, that's other what I was going to say, and that would be that'd be more my appeal towards the end anyway. It's not just advocating uh, for change in Texas or change mm-hmm. in the U.S. or change in Afghanistan or change for whatever. That the to a certain extent, use my cynicism to prove a point. It can feel almost impossible to change these things, right? And you're saying, well, you're even saying you think it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Okay. In that sense, yes, but there's really only one thing that you do have the personal power to change, and that is yourself. Mm-hmm. Right now, I could get into some spiritual language where you're not meant to do that alone either, but I'm saying we all still do have, bills notwithstanding, no one can take what's in your brain from you. Right? Alien sci fi is uh, apart from it. You have personal choice, mm. you have agency, we might say. And whether there's bills trying to take away that agency in certain ways or not, the point is they still, you can legislate whatever you want. It, it's still in here. Use that wisely. Change yourself. Advocate for you to make in your own little sphere the world just that much of a better place. Yeah, it may be going to hell in a handbasket, but you can apply the brakes and slow it down a little bit, yes. at least in your immediate vicinity. Yes. Right. Yeah. Maybe you won't stop the car, but if you delay it going off the bridge five more seconds, that's five more seconds for a passenger to get out of the seatbelt and bail. 
Amen. I mean, you know, well, well yeah, exactly. So I, I'm just saying, I, I mean, that's as a Christian what I want to do. I want to try and whether I think it's going to go to pot or not, I, I want to make it not go there as fast as possible and just be like, ah, we're done. I, I, I want lives to be better now, even though I think ultimately they will be better in, in the earth in a new state. That doesn't mean I want it to suck horribly now. Exactly. Right. If I can, if I can make it only suck ninety seven percent, not ninety eight percent, that's still one percent better. Yep. So, make wise choices. Change, change what you're contributing to the world. Change, you know, who you know and what you know. You know, we can all say, well, people say it wouldn't be necessary if people would adopt. Fine. Are you adopting? I can say that to myself. Right. Are Are we engaged in that? Fine, you don't like politics because they do this, that, and the other. But you share the same kind of smuck on Facebook, mm-hmm. right? You encourage their behavior that way. So, well, people are going to do it anyway. I'm not asking you to change everybody else. Change you. Yep. You don't click share on that link that's probably not true and not helpful. You don't raise your voice as much. You don't fight that much. You don't force your way mm-hmm. on somebody in your family, in your house, in your friend circle, in your church, in your community. Be the, we've said this before, but I'll say it again, be the change that you want, you know, instead of, instead of passing heartbeat bills, why don't you actually start having a heartbeat when it comes to caring about other people? Because if the one thing, it bugs me so much right now, a mass abortion, anything, all these Christians, especially, they're like, we're failing the test. Mm. We, you know, this is a test of the end. We've got to be, able to... and I'll tell you point blank. When I read the, the Bible, there's only one test about, quote, the last days I see Jesus himself talk about. And that was, by this they will know if you're my disciples, if you love one another. And as a whole, we failed that test. Yeah. For, forget, ah, by this you'll know I'm not wearing a mask or I banned abortion or I got an abortion. or Stop. There was only one real cool thing. Do you love other people? And by and large, we failed that test. So change it. Absolutely. Be the love that's not there. Yeah. Anyway. I couldn't agree more. And the... Statement I ended with it on the Afghanistan episode is the same one I'll, I'll end on here, which is if you're going to love in the kingdom of God is loving the people that you don't feel compelled to love. So that works for us. That goes both ways. So that it has truth for us and it has truth for those of you listening. Mm-hmm. And I hope and, and second everything that, that Henry has said, and I hope that this causes uh, all of us to look inside and see how we can change the way that we behave around others, the way that we talk with others, and um, how we move forward from there. So uh, with that, everyone, thank you so much for listening. I will drop links to both the bill itself, the text of the of the Texas bill itself, and, and any sort of resources and support that might be uh, available, but also to any organizations I was able to find working in advocacy in the areas I mentioned earlier. Um, so with that, thank you, everyone, and we will see you next week.